healthy. Um, you know, my husband and I had a, a an open sexual relationship. We would um, bring in like another woman once in a while kind of thing. But, and it's okay to have weird sexual quirks and fetishes and, you know, it, it, to for a society that looked down upon it for so long. Um, so I think self-confidence is huge and self-confidence comes out in your relationships and in your sexuality. Cause if you're not confident with who you are, you're not, you're always going to be questioning the person you're with. Welcome to Better Yourself Podcast, your boy from Christ. As you know, I believe everybody loves sex, but some people, they actually different way to express their sexuality. Sometimes it's because of the way society actually affect us as well so today topic we're gonna talk about sexual shame as a guest i have maria maria she's a health and wellness coach she also a host of salty sex cast together we're gonna go down to that topic we're gonna actually gonna go into details maria also gonna share with us her experience coming from a very religious family before we start maria make sure you introduce yourself and let us know who you are let's get it Awesome. Thank you for having me. So um, again, my name is Mariah. Um, I co-host a podcast called Salty Sex Cast. And that is with my my other partner, my co-host, Pamela. And um, so I have my master's degree in health promotion. And I am also a board certified health and wellness coach. And a lot of gap in my education along with who my clients I coach was um, sex and sexuality. Like it kind of was like, we'll quickly cover this in our health class, but you get it, right? You have those parts, you know how to use them. (laughs) And then they kind of just let you go. And I'm like, this is not teaching healthy relationships. This isn't teaching us, you know, what happens if this is going on? Is there something wrong with me? Is this normal? Um, And a lot of people are so shameful around sexuality because it has been so like secretive and um, behind closed doors. And, and so we wanted a really safe medium for people to learn about some of those awkward questions you'd probably never ask somebody else. Definitely. Um, But you want to know, you know, like I have a lesbian friend and she's like, I didn't know when I actually lost like quote unquote my lesbian virginity because there really wasn't like a very specific okay, this is penetration. You know that that's, you've lost your virginity. So, I mean, just questions like that. And it was like, I feel stupid asking, but people want to know the answer. Like we're curious and we want those healthy relationships. Um, Health, sex is such a big part of health and shame around that is not fair. Um, You know, we have, you know, we're hungry, right? We're, we're human beings that need food to sustain us, right? Yeah. But we don't see all of us getting shamed because we're hungry or what we eat or how much we eat or what establishments we go to eat, right? But we get shamed on who we have sex with, how we have sex, how we um, show that sexuality, even though it's still such a part of being a human. And so that's kind of why we have that podcast. I mean, that's, that's, that's really interesting because as you say that like, we all have it, but we all enjoy it. And the people don't really like talking about it is, is, is funny because a lot of people love it. Like people actually talk about it all the time, but they don't talk about it with people. Everybody trying to act like they don't like it. They don't do it that often, but 
is what it is. So if you have to go back to your background, you're actually from a Catholic, right? Moran, you said from a Moran background. So, yeah, so Pamela grew up Catholic and she went to an all girls Catholic school and I grew up Mormon, which is um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so they're really strict. You know, they don't drink, they don't smoke. Um, You know, they dress very, very modestly. Some people know them um, because of like the polygamy um, is big in Utah and I'm from Utah. We record out of Utah. Um, and that's, you know, uh, the hub kind of, of Mormonism. Um, but so there's a lot of weird things with that religion. Um, if you're not from here and haven't really experienced it, you may have experienced maybe like missionaries knocking on your door. They're usually in in white shirts with that black name tag. It's a little Um, bit like Jehovah Witness, right? Kind of. Sorry, what was that? Are, are they a little bit like Jehovah Witness? Yes, they are very similar to as far as like how strict they are and then they go door to door and things like that and people are always trying to avoid them. But I grew up, I'm obviously um, not a member of the church anymore. Um, just even talking about sex right now, I'd probably ostracize from that religion anyway. So it, it's very shame-based religion. And so was, you know, with Pamela, my co-host, very shameful on acting on any of those urges or having questions or wanting to know more. It's like, no, this is between a man and a woman when they're married to have kids. And that's kind of how we were raised. And so when you have all these questions and all these hormones and all these things, it was just, that's wrong. You don't do it. You don't ask about it. You don't get to experience it. You don't get to experiment. You don't get to, um, you know, be human. So, so, so what happened like this switch, like wh- at what stage actually you actually be try to, to change things? Yeah. So I was born into a Mormon household and my personality <laughs> yeah. really helped me push the limits. I was a limit pusher. I asked questions. I asked why, um, I kind of didn't really follow the grain. You know, I went against the grain very often, Um, and I did it very loudly. And so I found that a lot of other people were in the same boat and they were like, yeah, we don't get it either. We don't want to be raised in this, especially as a teenager. Um, when I was, you know, sexual with boys and things, I got very mixed reactions. You know, on one hand, I'm getting all this attention from boys. And on the other hand, I'm having my entire, um, support system. So my family, my religion, my uh, friends looking down on me and saying, that's terrible. Don't do that. Like, don't, don't let boys kiss you and don't go out with boys. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't understand. Like, this is something, such an urge. And so I just started from there really questioning everything. Um, I went back and forth on being like active in my church and then being like, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, for a while until I became a mom and then it was when you realize how do you want to raise your children yeah what kind of life do you want to give them then you really start to um reflect on who you want to be and so I was like I don't want my kids to feel shameful with this um I want them to understand that like these urges are normal and there's nothing wrong with you and there's a healthy way to do it there isn't a right or wrong there's a healthy way to have that relationship within yourself and with other people. So do you actually change only when you have kids, but before you were still like religious or you actually 
because I think I heard one of your episodes when you were talking about how, you know, when you actually break everything, you know, and um, yeah. Go back yeah. To yeah. It went back and forth for a few years. Pamela was kind of, so she was raised Catholic, um, married her husband because, uh, you know, when they were really young, when she was really young, had her ch- first child. And then she actually went um, and was baptized Mormon. Yeah. And so uh, she was like, was really active in the church when she was about 21 and then was like, I don't really understand this. I don't get this. This isn't me. I'm not happy. And so then she broke away. And that was probably the same age I was. I think it was like, really, it was kind of like 21, 20, but I was like, this is not how I want to live the rest of my life. And I'm, I still have, and I still carry a lot of wounds from that time in my life because of how shamed I was and how hurt people, you know, made me. So. Yeah. I mean, like what, what happened is like when, when you switch everything, when you have a first experience, it was more like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, what have been missing and things like that, that that's how it looks like. Um, for me, it was maybe a little more eased into it. I kind of was like a pendulum, you know, swung back and forth for a little bit. Oh, you was like kind of both like one leg here and the other one there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, then it was like being a closet. Like I was like a closet sexual person and I was still going to church, but then like not letting anyone know I was really doing all of this on the other side or, or, or embracing my sexuality and enjoying my body. Um, so then I was still like so quiet about it and like I had, I still hide my podcast from my family, which oh. is really bad because if they knew how much I was open about this and how I lived my life, yeah. um, I would still kind of be cut from them and I, and my support system. And so it's, I still live a little bit of a double life and I don't want to, but I don't feel like my society in Utah and my the religion is quite ready to accept me for who I am. Are you still in that religion right now? I am not. No, not at all. I'm not associated with it anymore. Um, We haven't been in maybe seven plus years. Um, You know, my husband grew up the same way and um, he grew up Mormon as well. And so we kind of came from the same background and we both left together. So that was helpful too, because the person that I was closest with, was kind of with me i still had someone hold my hand a little bit yeah but i think that is different because i mean you actually have a husband now you're married so he's like even if your parent found out something you know he's more like you don't really i mean nothing's really gonna change a lot maybe they might say oh you know what this time you used to hide things to us oh my god we didn't know you were so open you know you knew all those crazy things and now you're online trying to give people trying to be an expert when you come to that <laughs> i think that's the only thing that might put them a little bit down but in the big, um, bigger picture to the podcast more so yeah i think I, you know what I, yeah go on oh no you're fine uh you'll hear i actually come out of the closet on the podcast and i come out as bisexual yeah. and it's been something that i hid for so long because i was so shamed about it oh that's another um, thing yeah and and then kind of you know we're we have an open sexual marriage my husband and i and so that's something very different that many, many people don't understand. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's very different. So I think if my family found out and a few other people, um, 
and they would really, really struggle with it. So yeah, I think again, in, in that case, ashamed. I think they might struggle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would still get um, quite a bit of pushback and a lot of still shame and judgment and you know that's not what the podcast is about so I always try to tell people you know I want to give you this information but also don't use it for to hurt me either because I have come out and I have been so honest I don't want you know someone who does listen to the podcast or or something tag me on Facebook and then my oh, yeah. family finds out you yeah. know like just little things like Darn. that it yeah. really could potentially um, hurt me, but I'm not doing it for the intention. I'm not doing it for the uh, kudos or anything like that. It really is because I have felt that such deep-seated shame, and I know what it's like to still feel like you have to live a double life or hide part of who you are. Yeah. Um, and so that's really, and so I, I really want to just say, like, it's still okay. It's still okay to struggle with that. Yeah, um, I understand. Like I say, it's like I do we don't want it to have a conversation. It's not just about you. It's just it's a subject about the general things. And the thing is, you're gonna tell more about yourself because you have a lot of experience. Well, um, experience. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what it is. So, um, so yeah, going back to the the religion when you actually first have your you know the first time you actually had it. So, was you more like, oh my god, this is I don't know what I'm gonna deal with. Did you, did you feel guilty, like, or how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, in my religion, they hold sex and your virginity at such a high pedestal. Yeah. Um, you know, and I hate to say my religion, but the religion I grew up in, let's let's say that. So Mormonism. And this is your pure. Um, you they they have like a temple that you get to go through, but you can't go through it if you've lost your virginity and haven't repented for it, if you're not married. Um, so they really, really push on it. They have, and so I lost my virginity when I was 15. And from that point on, it really was like, well, I've already screwed up. So nothing else is like, I might as well do whatever I want. You know, I'm not a good person anymore. I'm not, um, worthy of love, worthy of anything good because I made such a big mistake. I, I did it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't because it was against my will. It wasn't because I was talked into it or, you know, I mean, maybe there was some pressure from friends and things, but that's just teenagers too. Um, but I, it was still my choice, completely my choice. And so I felt like I was this walking hypocrite, um, that I wasn't worthy of anyone's time. I wasn't worthy of anyone's love or respect. And that really wreaked havoc on my, um, my value, my, um, self-worth and how I let other people treat me. So I had terrible boyfriends who let them do, you know, I didn't ever stand up for myself. I didn't understand, um, how to even communicate my boundaries, let alone that I had boundaries and I had the right to say no to things. It was like, well, you've already messed up. This is kind of like your penance in a sense, you know, like you, you get to pay for this. And so I think because it was so extreme that we value a virginity and your, we value this, you know, on this religion side that as soon as that was gone, I had nothing. I felt like I had nothing else to give. And so that was very, very detrimental into, you know, my health and wellness as a whole. 
Yeah. And that's what I really want to make sure people don't feel like that anymore. It's not okay to have a 15 year old walking around feeling like they have nothing value, valuable to give to this world because they were sexual, you know, as simple as that. So what do you describe about it? Like, you know, being sexual, your, your description, you know, um, you to define it. Being sexual. Um, I think it starts within you first. You have to understand your wants, your desires, um, your comfort level and accepting that, you know, it's, if I get a hunger pain because I'm hungry, I'm not going to beat myself up because my body's doing something that it's built to do. You know, our bodies are built to procreate in a sense, you know, we're sex is a part of our physiological response as anything else. Um, so that's kind of being sexual is understanding what you like, what you don't like, understanding that this sensation, this need, this drive is um, a part of you as any other need, sensation, or, or drive, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it makes sense. But the thing is, I think the only problem may come when certain people, they feel like they don't have to show that part because they feel the same people they might think is just too much. So you have to keep it the same level of somebody else. As far as sexuality goes? Yeah. Like sharing it with a partner? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be with somebody who maybe isn't, um, you know, let's say we'll go to huge extremes. You yeah. have an asexual person who doesn't really have that drive, you know, maybe let's put it in a, in a sense that everyone can relate to. Um, never gets a hunger pain, never feels hungry. Yeah. Food, yeah. they look at food and they're kind of like, eh, I can take it. I can leave it. It doesn't quite disgust them, but they're just, that's how they look at sex and sexuality, you know, as, as, so that's an asexual person. And then you have like a nymphomaniac who they have to have it. Like, um, you know, it's kind of like a binge eater, you know, somebody who just has to have it all the time. Yeah. And, couldn't even live without this action, even if it's self-pleasure or with somebody else or with multiple people at the same time, you know, those are two set ends of the spectrum. Can they have a relationship that's healthy? I think so. Um, it would have to be a lot of communication and a lot of, Hey, maybe I can't get, you're not fulfilling my needs. Yeah. Um, you know, do I have permission or are you okay if I find it through someone else, even if it's not, a, you know, on the same level, maybe it's just a physical need. Maybe it's a romantic need. Maybe it's a, a friendship need. Um, maybe it's purely just, you know, like you, I'll bring in whorehouses for an example and, um, you know, prostitution. They, that's a service that's there for, for, uh, other individuals just as purely probably satisfying their physical need. Are they offering romance? Are they offering, you know, a listening ear? Maybe sometimes, but for the most part, that service is there to fulfill that need. And typically the people who frequent those establishments are yeah. married men. Um, and sometimes their wives are completely fine with it. They're like, you know what, go ahead, because I don't want to deal with this at home. And this is, you know, illegal places that are are monitored and, 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 um, you know, no underage children, things like that. That's what I'm trying to say is it's still a healthy establishment. Um, it's when it, people get exploited 
because yeah. we've hidden this action and we've hidden this drive so far in the darkness and so far and try to lock it up and just don't even think about it. That's when people get exploited. And that's I think a lot of people are actually living there and they don't really talk about it, but if suffering silence because they feel like they, they don't really express that need and then they feel like you just stay inside them and then you just deal yeah. with it and they're kind of sad at the same time. Well, you know, I mean, you can look at a lot of people don't even believe that marital rape can happen. It really does, you know, because you have somebody who doesn't really want to have sex and a spouse who does, if they're forcing that person, um, you know, but it's like, where does this other spouse go to, to ask for help and say, like, I've just accepted it because we're married and it should be okay. It really isn't. And so again, if we can kind of pull back the curtain, but in a help helpful way you know i'm not doing this because i'm a per i am a perv but i'm not <laughs> doing this to be you know this isn't an x-rated podcast that i'm just trying to get everybody's rocks off kind of no, thing. no no trying not. to uplift other people and a with knowledge with so many things that we have been void of in our public education and regular education in the home um, because it is embarrassing, it is awkward, it is uncomfortable, and that's totally fine. It's also hard because then you get religions um, yeah. and different religious beliefs, and you know we want to stick our head in the sand and pretend it doesn't happen. We obviously understand that that's not helpful, and that's actually when predators and people get advantage, taken advantage of, is if we pr- ignore the problem instead of you know, let's talk about what a healthy relationship looks like. Let's talk about what a healthy drive looks like. Um, that drives me every day to, yeah. to do this podcast because it's a lot of work because I am going, <laughs> I am getting my doctorate degree right now. I have a full-time job as well. Yeah, I do coach on the side and then I do the podcast. So. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun because when I was listening to us, I was like, man, they are so raw and just, just to say things the way I was like, oh, I think I just got to adapt when I want to talk to her. I understand that. Do you think that's the reason why like, many people like in a relationship that's the reason why they they switch to like open one like you said open relationships um that's the reason that what you're asking yeah um i think so i also think our society is kind of getting to the point of um well some people feel guilty actually too to keep asking and sometimes you feel as you say like you can't you can't come across as a rape as well that's yeah. another thing, yeah. I, it's hard because my beliefs are so on the on one side of the spectrum, and and I I do understand. So I try to look on both sides, and I try so to. So what understand. is your belief? Um, you know, I feel like if you have a healthy relationship, anything should be able to go. If you can communicate that with somebody, um, if it's just one partner who wants to have an open relationship, and the other partner really wants to be monogamous. This isn't fair. This isn't a healthy relationship anymore. Yeah. This is somebody who's trying to get talked into something they don't want to do. And that's where like, um, you know, sometimes swinging isn't very healthy because usually typically, and I'm going to be very typical, but we all know that this isn't always the case, but the man in the relationship wants more. And so he's like, Hey, and he convinces his wife or his girlfriend, he's like, let's go to this party. Let's go to the swingers party. It'll be lots of fun. She feels like she has to do it to keep him. Yeah. You know, and so that's not a healthy relationship. I think either. they both have to be in the same mindset, right? Like you do, you do. And then what happens if you have a different mindset? 
but you're okay with your spouse going to one of those parties and then they're still coming back. If you're both okay with it, you both have had this discussion and you have boundaries and you have healthy expectations, I don't see the what's wrong in it, you know? Um, but what happens is we feel like just so many societal pressures to be traditional. And those traditions typically stem from a religious belief. Also, I mean, we have such a big society now, you figure you would want to only have sex with the person you're married because of children. And you don't want to have all these, you know, kids that are like cousins and steps, you know, like yeah. half siblings. And then, then they get married and you have no clue what's going on and you water down the gene pool and people are, um, you know, birth defects and all sorts of things. So I can see like back in like, you know, back in the old ages where that made a lot of sense to trade it, you know, stay there and stay with one person only. Um, but now we have so many technologies and, and birth controls and, and protective measures that I really think it's, it's, it's okay. But again, my beliefs and, um, and I do, and it does come out in the podcast. You know, I am biased to a certain point, but I also don't want to ever shame anyone who just wants a monogamous relationship with one yeah. other. I think, I, I believe like, I think even religious people as well, I think they can still have the healthy one they can still have it as long as they actually you know i'm not talking about the open one like no open relationship but just like the fact there's a communication and they're both in kind of the same mindset and they learn about different things and i think that way things can work because yeah. it's because people are just talk to a you know traditional way that's as a reason why i don't know why i yeah. think I feel like there's so many relationships and different types of relationships. I mean, arranged marriages can still be super, super healthy relationship. Um, it's, it's, how are you going to communicate that? And, and I never want to ever shame somebody because of their lifestyle or, or because of their choices or because of the, what they enjoy, as long as it's not hurting other people or, or taking advantage of somebody, um, I really am just a, you know, yeah. pro choice. You I know, think, just I like think, love who you love. I think at the start, it's always going to have one person that actually want to start it like, you know, more than the other person. And then the other one might feel guilty. Okay, you know what? We're just going to do it that way. And, you know, the open relationship, we're going to do it. But at the same time, you might be guilty in the back of your head. Like, oh, you know what? She's just doing that because she want to stay with me or he want to stay with me. Things like that. Did you cross your mind yeah. as well? Uh, That's in every relationship though, every, even friendships, you know, it's like, oh, this friend just bought me dinner and now I feel guilty and I feel like I should do something for them. You know, this isn't just because it's a sexual relationship with two people or, or marriage or, you know, anything like that is there's always some guilt. There's always some maybe pushing or um, encouraging aggressively. <laughs> we'll say that in the nicest way. Um, but it's how can you look at that within yourself and then share that with that part of you with somebody else? Is it, am I only doing this? Am I only with this person because I feel guilty or am I pushing this person and am I making them feel bad? And that's why they still want to be with me. Or, you know, let's say if it's a marriage or even if it's a sexual action or whatever it is, it's, 
um, you know, we have to really look at ourselves and our own behavior before we can also put those boundaries on and communicate that with somebody and then not get defensive when somebody communicates that with me. Let's say I want, you know, X lifestyle and I want to do this, this, and this. And then my spouse comes in and they don't want that. Yeah. And they come in and they understand they don't want that. And they've looked at that within themselves and they've tried to put some boundaries and they've said, Hey, like that makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. And then I get defensive and guilt them into it or um, shame them into it. Yeah. Uh, that is not a healthy relationship. That is not a healthy um, way to run your life in anything. Um, you know, it doesn't even have to be sex. It could be anything, how you run a business, how you interact with other human beings. Um, you know, I think there's just such a better way to do it. And we as a society have gotten so far from introspective looking at ourselves and then understanding why are, why am I defensive right now? Why am I getting, why do I feel shame? Why am I getting angry? Why am I, you know, we just push back and push back and push back on others and say, no, this is how it is. And this is how, you know, this is my beliefs and I'm not going to listen to yours and you're wrong and I'm right. And you're bad and I'm good. It's really not. And, and I think that's why we're so unhealthy right now as a, as a world, unfortunately. I think it's the, I mean, it kind of still easier as well in today's society to have this type of relationship because of the way everybody want to be different and everybody want to try like new things and everything compared to before years ago. Yeah. You know, when, when you, you know, when you grew up, you know, compared to now, I think people are more open-minded about a lot of things. Oh, people are so open-minded. We also have the technology too. You know, we can date online easy. We don't have to meet people who were in an inner circle who maybe were lived within a mile radius of our home. You know, we have technology. We can meet people from all over the world, all walks of life, um, and understand. And a little people are more vocal about it. We have more platforms. I have a podcast to talk yeah. about, but people <laughs> have social media and we are saying we are sick of it. Like we don't want to live this way. Um, and it's okay to live, you know, how you want to, or it's okay to, um, express your dissatisfaction with the life supposedly we're supposed to have, you know, like it's just, um, it's one of those things that I think we just, technology has really, really helped in that area. So in terms of like open relationship, like how do you deal with like feelings, emotion, because that's another part as well. This huge part. Jealousy is a huge one. Um, so I like to compare it to uh, like siblings. So uh, do you have siblings? Did you grow up with siblings? Yeah, yeah sure. I only have siblings actually. I'm actually the only, only boy. So I have no okay. brothers. So four sisters. Yeah. So I know why it is like to be jealous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you get jealous of the attention. Maybe your parents gave one of your siblings more than you. Um, maybe they got more money on their birthday than you got, you know, it's just a few different things, but they still, your parents still love you equally and they still love you. And, um, you know, it could still could be post Pamela. She is polyamorous. So she has multiple partners. Yeah. I saw, I saw on the prep. I was like, yeah, what'd she say? Like I have like two, two boyfriends or something like that. I was like, yeah, yeah she has two boyfriends. Um, well, so she has her husband and then she has her other male partner and they all live together. Um, 
That's, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things that was so weird when I heard about it. I would it. love like, to right. actually talk about it to just know how it is because it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's crazy. I think men, we always dream about the the opposite, you know, to have two. And I was like, yeah, like you feel like a king. But well, so that's what I was going to get at, um, you know, with me being open with my bisexuality um, you know, my husband and I had a, a, an open sexual relationship. We would um, bring in like another woman once in a while kind of thing. But then we met this one girl and this has been very recent, like since we've had the podcast. So you actually, if you listen to it from day one to up I definitely listen to all the episodes, you know, I, it was quite addictive. You'll get to hear um, me talk about it and my feelings on it. And so um, her name is Abby. And we are essentially dating her. She is our girlfriend. Um, and so that was something that was, you know, she doesn't live with us, but she's pretty much over all weekend. Um, how do we navigate this world? And there has been a little bit of jealousy once in a while. Um, pretty much all of our, uh, like all of our sexual activity is all three of us together. Yeah. Um, you know, during the week she works nights and so we don't really see with her and she stays at our her house. But there has been complicated feelings and you can't she's not involved, right? He's not involved. Yeah, some some of the time and um and sometimes I get a little bit jealous because I'm like, I'm over here, you know. Yeah. But I am also that's also my personality. I'm a big I get it. like have you heard of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out? So yeah, yeah. they always teach me that I'm a FOMO person, but it's mostly because I just, I want to be where the action is. And I want to like know what's going on more than it is catered thing. You have to have a healthy relationship between two people before you want to add somebody else in. Something that's what you were talking about. Yeah. If you don't have a healthy relationship with two people, probably yeah. shouldn't have a third. Um, it's it's really complicated when you're adding emotions and feelings. It's one thing if you just have an open physical relationship or marriage because you know it's just physical and it, you can leave everything at the door. I mean, every once in a while, a little bit of jealousy will poke through, but you're not worrying about like love and um, emotional connection and um, anything like that. It's like, eh, whatever. Um, so it's easier sometimes, but like with polyamorous relationships, that's love, that's caring, that's a, a, a full relationship, not just a physical thing like maybe perhaps swinging or an open sexual relationship would be. Um, and so, you know, if that's a lifestyle that you're ever curious on, go to the library, read some literature on it. Um, but I also highly recommend having either a relationship coach or a therapist because there's a lot of things that can weigh heavily on you if you don't express it and if you don't feel like you can express it. You know, I was just telling my husband and, and our, our girlfriend, I was like, because they, they have very, very similar personalities. You know, yeah. they like the same things. They are, they're pretty good. And then there's kind of me, I'm a little, and they're a little bit more introverted. And, and I want to go where the people are and I like to talk. And yeah. so when they kind of both agree on doing an activity, I'm like, I kind of always feel like I have to go because now it's two against one. Not like it ever is. But then I'm like, 
But if you're doing a voting system, quote unquote, well, there's usually yeah, going to be. We know the time. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to navigate a couple different things. You have to consider all these different complexities of this type of relationship. And so if you feel like you can't have a healthy relationship with one other person, don't try to have it with another multiple other people. It's just not going to happen. Oh. At least not in a healthy way. <laughs> so what about his uh his boyfriend actually? Does, does he change his mind? Like he's still kind of jealous, so he wanted to join. As far as who? I'm sorry, boyfriend. The, you know your your boy, boyfriend, girlfriend, and your husband, girlfriend. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I have a husband and a girlfriend, yeah. and then Pamela, my co-host. Yeah, because tell me about the the your husband girlfriend and the fact she had a boyfriend who was kind of funny about you know her every time she was around if you guys um no she's she doesn't have a boyfriend oh she doesn't have a boyfriend no oh. no um we're we're the couple she's dating oh okay then yes. that's much easier then. Um, it gets really complicated with pamela um because her husband her boyfriend pamela then her husband has a girlfriend um, but they, her, the girlfriend doesn't really have a relationship with the other two. Oh. So that kind of can get a little bit more complicated. We've simplified things a little bit where, you know, when it's all three of us, it's all three of us. Um, once in a while, like I'll go shopping with Abby and like Justin will go to like breakfast with her or something, but um, we don't date separately. We date together. And that can be different from other polyamorous relationships where they date separately and they go on they almost have um, separate relationships or combined relationships or it's back and forth. Um, it's very different. And they're I, very think different there is, I think it's much easier actually when you have just like the man and you have like two two girls involved. That's that's much different. But if it was like the, the girlfriend had a boyfriend as well, was he going to be the same? Yeah, that's when it would the story, definitely I complicate it a lot. Because man, that's to... when the ego, you know, that, that part is trying to play. Because now for the boy, for your husband, he might be like, just like, yeah, so all right. But if there's yeah. another person involved, like. You do. You have to way. check your ego at the door. Um, you have to understand why am I threatened? Um, why am I jealous? And, you know, even if you have the healthiest of healthy relationships, there's still going to be some jealousy. There's still going to be some questioning. There's still going to be... Um, you know, some hard conversations to have. It's, and so it's when, you know, people hear that we have a girlfriend, they're like, well, what about jealousy? I'm like, yeah, I trust yeah. me. Even the most healthy, you know, heteronormative couples have jealousy. Um, they yeah, see but that's different. the that's husband will be like have... looking at a girl as she's walking down the street or something the wife yeah. is jealous or like he's texting on his phone even if it's a sister or somebody he's texting she'll be like who are you texting you know it's still it's still there um, but no, no, i mean the thinking now the jealous is different because he might say oh he's better than male he's whatever or maybe she might catch feelings things like that yeah. or you have to be strictly just no like string attached or anything yeah so you you have to that jealousy is there and i will never deny it um, is she better at doing this than I am? And I've had years of practice with my husband, you know, like just little, little things that kind of cross your mind. But then you have to also be very secure in who you are and what you can offer. 
because you know maybe her body type is different and she's um she has something i don't um that's something i have to accept and if yeah, i can't yeah. accept it it's not going to be a healthy relationship and um you know i'm just seeing like size of breasts or something that's very sexual that like some people could feel very self-conscious about yeah secure about um, it yeah and so there are things that come up and you have to ask yourself that and i think body image comes up quite often um so it's it's just different it's um <laughs> it's work too so, so mean, how did the, the idea behind the podcast how did it come from where what did the idea come from like when you guys start doing the podcast was it because you guys wanted to express yourself a little bit more or it was just how, how does he end up yeah so um like i said i introduced when i introduced myself i kind of gave my background and um not only my background growing up with a lot of shame and and guilt but because every time i would coach a client and i do health and wellness coaching so this is typically centered around um you know, a lot of people first approach me because they want to lose weight but then they kind of find out maybe it's a body image issue or maybe it's a relationship thing or you know um there's so many dimensions of wellness so i can never say it's one thing but always almost in every single client i saw there would be some part of their sexuality that would come out and they're like i'm not comfortable being with my spouse in bed because of my body size yeah or, i'm repeating myself as well i didn't know like you was yeah and so i just was like no one's talking about this and there's so many people who are who hate themselves yeah. and can't be ever comfortable with themselves and have a really hard time with who they are um and what they feel and believe i'm like and there's no there's nothing out there that's going to be like it's okay you know and and here's a healthier way and so it was really me who stemmed from i have a lot of information i'm also a certified health education specialist and so i know how to regurgitate that information how to get good resources quality resources um you know give quality information back out not just here's my opinion a lot of yeah. times our opinion obviously does come out in our podcast but we also want to bring like experts in and we have no, experts just... yes exactly and so I approached Pamela because I had met her in a um like a, a female business owners group and I was like, "Hey, I know you're polyamorous and you kind of have this different take on life." She also um co-owns a boudoir uh photography business, so I'm like, "You're obviously very open with like sexuality and sexiness and and you have a following." I'm like, would you be ever comfortable doing this? I think, and our personalities kind of mesh or mesh really well. Um, I'm a dreamer and I'll go off on tangents and she yeah. kind of brings me back in and is like, oh no, we're talking about this. This is the subject today. So it's, it's just, it's really, really fun to have her as a co-host. But um, where, so I approached her and I remember I asked her out for coffee and I was like, okay, I have this idea. Would you want to do this with me? we've never done a podcast i've never recorded anything i you know neither neither of us have um and so we completely did this all from scratch and just research online and you know mics that i don't even know how to use <laughs> <laughs> I see um, 
and things. And so it really was kind of just started from her and I, and then um, my friend Brady, who used to work in radio, uh, heard about me doing the podcast and he was like, I know how to do this. I can do this. I can record. I can help you guys. He's like, I have space in my garage. We can build a studio. Yeah. I will provide the mics. And so that's kind of like, and that was probably by episode three, four that we had Brady on board. And then kind of, it's just been rolling from there. So I really, it was really because I had this resource of information and I feel like um, so many people needed it. And that's really why I wanted to create this podcast. We obviously have some sex appeal too. Yeah. I mean, Pamela and I aren't ugly and we kind of... <laughs> oh, I can see it. Definitely I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> and we have sex in the name of our podcast because we wanted to grab people's attention. We really wanted to be a little racy, a little, you know, out there, a little... Yeah, because um, I can I can see by the, the picture. When I see that, the cover, I was like, the way they grabbed the Blue Yeti was like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I, I knew that was a purpose, like, but it's... Yeah, I yeah, we did that on purpose. We yeah, wanted for... to grab your attention, and yeah. how can we do that besides more than sex appeal, right? I, be, I, mean, I bet that's the no. reason why. As soon as you guys made a post on the page, everybody was like, "Can I join? Can I join? Can I yes. join?" <laughs> I bet <laughs> like, you guys have a lot. I was quite surprised <laughs> because I didn't expect to. I was like, "Well, I'm sure they're gonna have like 100 people and trying to get involved because those subject is not it's not everybody that talk about it so openly as well." So it's like. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like we're we're passionate about what we want to do and what we want to say and and it's okay to be different and it's okay to have weird sexual quirks and fetishes and you know it, it to for a society that looked down upon it for so long um and I felt like my background not only my education um, and again, like I said, I'm getting my PhD right now because I really want to make sure not only am I uh, helping myself and understanding that knowledge, but helping others and have that actual like certificate in my hand that I mean, yeah, you can see the background. Because, I have yeah. a few degrees like, already. I can see and, that in the background. Uh, and that's very important because especially when it comes to subject like that, people... You might say things people are going to believe you, but the fact you don't have the, the education behind, people yeah, the might, they, they might not respect your word. I mean, it's not, a, they're going to, they're still going to respect your word, but when you talk about experience, they're going to see the experience more as, oh, she being around and everything like that. They don't want to yeah. see that as, you know what, I've been to university, I've learned about it. So when I talk about it, I know the science, I know the fact, maybe more respect, be more like a teacher. I mean, you have experience, but of course you have something you learn as well. It makes sense for your own, like, uh, how can I say, profile. Thank you. That's really what that, uh, my goal is for, because I, yes, I want to come from experience, but I also want to come from an educational standpoint. Um, I want to have, you know, credentials behind my name and not just say, you know, just like you said, oh, she's just she gets around. It's just because she's, um, she has a weird relationship. That's why she has this podcast, but it's really more of, um, I have both. You also don't want someone who's just teaching you because they've learned it from a textbook. 
Um, And they've never done it in their life. You know, I'm like, I don't want to go parachuting with somebody who's just read about it in a textbook. I want them to actually know what it feels like, what it, you know, and, and how hard it is. And then also I can't validate someone's feelings without showing um, empathy and empathy is kind of being able to experience that. Right. And that's huge for me in my coaching and my coaching business, because, you know, if I can't even try to put myself in someone's shoes and try to understand where they're coming from, I'm a shitty coach and, and I shouldn't be doing it. And so what about, what about um, self-confidence when people have self-confidence, you know, we're going to get a client come to you. They say they have self-confidence. They don't know. Sometimes they don't like the way they look. And what do you tell them? It's a huge one. That's why I would say 99% of my clients that I get come because they don't like the way they look. Um, it's because, and typically, you know, I am in America, we're yeah. a large country. Um, most people are oversized and overweight. Mm. And so they come to me for that. And so we talk about it. Well, you know, why don't you like who you are? Why don't you like, well, because the skinny girl in the magazine has the money. She has the happiness. She looks like she's this. So I want that too. Well, can you have that with your body size you are now? And why can't you appreciate with your body size? Um, Let's teach you also some healthy um, habits and possibly the weight might just be a side effect to unhealthy habits. And it's not really who you are. And when you finally, you know, pull back all those layers, you know, they come and you come to you surface area. I just want, or the surface, they just want to lose weight. And then you find out really, there's a lot of story behind. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't have the energy and they don't have the self-confidence. And so I think self-confidence is huge. And self-confidence comes out in your relationships and in your sexuality. Cause if you're not confident with who you are, you're not, you're always going to be questioning the person you're with. Why are you with me? Are you looking for something better? Are you flirting with someone else? You know, you're going to be really, really worried about it because you're not secure in who you are. I think you have to start with yourself, provide. right? Before yeah. you worry about the other person, you have to start with yourself. But- always, always. But how do you do that? That's a huge yeah, thing. That was, I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a lot of reflection. Uh, it's very, very helpful to get a coach or a, or a therapist or somebody else who's professionally trained to have those conversations with you and to ask you more um, discovery questions. Well, I want to lose weight. Why? Anyone can ask you that. But now they'll be like, okay, well, you know, go work out and eat right. How many people actually do and actually Oh, that's the easiest way to, you know, people always do that. It's the right way and it's going to be the way that works, Um, but they want a skinnier pill. You know, they want a shake. They want something easy. Um, But what do they really want? What's really, are they lacking? And typically it's, you know, self-confidence and it's understanding that like we all are so different. So we all have very different things to give. Doesn't mean, you know, I'm more valuable than somebody else because I'm built a different way than someone else. And so that's where are we putting the value? Um, and I can go off on a huge tangent on that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. So, I mean, people do that because they actually don't like, I mean, the, the only thing is if maybe your partner asks you about it, like, you know, I don't like this, I don't like this. So when you're trying to fix it, you're going to come across maybe as somebody trying to 
to change the person for its personality. That's when things kind of turn that way. That's why it's better to see actually a professional, I believe. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I want to be a better version of myself. I don't want to be a different person. And so if I can find a spouse or partner who's willing to highlight um, what I'm already good at and what my strengths already are, that's a great partner. If they're trying to just change me because I looked like a blank canvas or I'm willing to change, I don't know if that's a great relationship and I don't know if it'll stay. I mean, you look at maybe, I'll give you a very, very surface example. Um, A rich guy who gets a young wife and he buys her her boob job and he buys her the nice nails and hair and everything and and she feels indebted to him so she'll kind of do whatever she wants. Yeah. Is that really a healthy relationship? Possibly, probably not. Um, you know, does she even know who she is and what she wants or is she just giving it to him because that's what he thinks? And I think he know that as well like she's just around because of the money and then you, but whatever it look, it doesn't mean anything to her. She's just around just because there's the money there. Yeah, yeah, and you—it's a very typical storyline, unfortunately. And um, and I think because what's portrayed in media and movies and you know everything is, we have fallen really, really far from our goal of finding someone who's going to highlight our strengths and going to help us pursue our dreams. Um, and not shame us and belittle us and push us into something we don't want. Um, I think that's when the fantasy come out as well, because those people sometimes they just they want to have that type of people and they just create that because it's not real. But the fact it just happened is like sometimes people pretend to be they, they can't ask the partner like pretend to be this, pretend to be that, just because they want to bring it to reality. Maybe that's why those rich people as well do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, and even even like some of the prettiest people, they're they're miserable to be around. Like they're they're only surface, you know. They're they've worked so hard on just their outward appearance. They've never in looked into them. They're not, you know, sometimes not the greatest human beings. They're not kind to others. They're not kind to themselves either. Um, you know, and kind of looking at that, or even a relationship. You know, let's say you have someone who, um. Typically, after a divorce, they're like, oh, I'm going to upgrade. I want a better person. I want someone who looks better. And then they're still miserable. Was that really what you wanted? Or was it really someone who was going to be with you um, through it all? And so it's just, it's really interesting how physical appearances, how you treat your body, how you treat yourself really come out into your relationships as well. Yeah, I think it changed your mindset as well because um, me as a person, because I train people as well, before training and when I start training and changing my body, when your body starts changing, I think it gives you a lot of confidence as well. Mm-hmm. And even the way you see things, things change a little bit with you, but the only difference is same people are trying to add ego and you can see people as well, the way they talk to you change, the way people see you change as well. Yeah. I bet it happened to you a lot. It does. It's very often. And, and like I said, I, I use and I understand that I'm probably one of the, the prettier people and I and have that body type that people like to see. But I use that as a tool. That yes. isn't who I am. But I will grab your attention with that yeah. and I'll run with it. I'm not but going it's, to it's try really to deny good to acknowledge that because many people, they don't yeah. acknowledge that. There's a lot of people, they have that kind of perfect 
you know, bad or whatever, but they don't acknowledge that they have it. And most of them are actually insecure as well. And people don't see that. I would say probably the most insecure people I know are the best looking people, the people who drive so hard at the gym that look Definitely. amazing. Like I'm still in my gym clothes because I don't shower so but um, I see the like picture on just at the gym. Because <laughs> um, I was trying to find the podcast. Gym. I was like, now I understand why you haven't put it on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, just seeing some of the people and, and, and then when you start chatting with someone, you know, maybe it's a chick that just looks fantastic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to look yeah. like her. I'll go chat with her. She's rude. She's not like very confident in herself or she's pulling other people down. And I'm, I just, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to ever be with that person either. I mean, it really does ripple effect into relationships as a whole and self-confidence and who you are inside first outside, you know, let that outside be a reflection and, um, a side effect, if you will, of who you really are, not your soul identity. Yeah. yeah. So if we go back to the, the subject when you were talking about shame to be sexual, so in general, for people to actually embrace it, they have to talk about it and show and do whatever they feel. That's, that's how you want to say. I for really people do. Like today, people are actually struggling. What can you tell them? Those who are really struggling with the shame and the guilt, um, have a conversation with someone you trust. Um, if you're having a hard time trusting others, have a conversation with yourself. Why are you feeling that shame? Um, break it down and try to understand that everybody's different. And everybody has that different um, drive, need. I mean, you know, I kind of compared your sexuality to your, you know, nutrition need, nutritious need. Yeah. Um, you have different foods and stuff and different flavors. And that's a best um, way to actually don't prepare. feel shameful because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, if you're being shamed from other people, um, maybe it's time to take yourself away from those people too and build a support system who will accept you for you and will be there for, you know, and ask questions to someone who does look happy and um, why? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think there's a balance. What about, what is the balance between, yeah, what is the balance between the addiction and the, the healthy part? I think there is, there's a middle part, addiction? Right? When do you know like you reached that bomb? Oh yeah. I mean it's it's you know, if people are using a tool, uh, you know, sex is also a tool, relationships are a tool, if they're using it as a tool and not a to hurt instead of to help or to grow um and express themselves and they're taking someone down or they can't um go about their other daily activities because of you know it's it's such an addiction or something. Oh much. that's correct. I see same people that do that. As far as what? I'm sorry. There's same people. There's center people that do that actually. They cannot do daily activity just because they want to do. <laughs> they want to yeah, do. Yeah, their really. whole dry, Their whole world is revolved around this one thing, and that could be anything. It could be food. It could be sex. Yeah, it yeah. could be porn. It could be, you know, that's when you know it's unhealthy. And there's lots of help out there, um, therapists and and counselors and support groups. Um, try to find what's going to help you because 
I really do think it shouldn't be the whole sole part of who you are, but it is a huge part of who you are. And that's what I always try to reiterate is sexuality is just as important as nutrition. As far as being a whole person, I can't be a whole person without sexuality, without um, knowing who I am and romantic relationships and things like that and what I like. I think that's just as part of my identity as anything else, but it's not my sole identity either. Yeah, I understand that. But do you think that it's something that we should talk about? It with like, you know, like when you have friends at home, you can imagine a friend comes at home, you're like, oh, you know what? Oh, why is your favorite food? I love pizza, I love burger, I love this. Do you think it should be that way as well? Or that's a little bit too, too much? Um, you know, I think people could also look at my relationship and say that maybe that's not, that is the pizza of the sexual relationship. That is the junk food of it yeah. because not what we're used to um, and not what we've been told is healthy. Um, granted, we've also been told a lot of things are healthy that aren't. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we're talking about nutrition, why yeah. do your own research and, and ask yourself what is bringing you closer to happiness. Um, even if that pizza is still happy, you know, don't forget there's another side of that. Um, that pendulum still needs to swing and it still needs to balance out. What, um, uh, what I was trying to say to say, like the conversation, do you think in your, in your way of thinking about the perfect um, society, you know, like do you think people should have those conversations, like friends just come at home and you start talking about it like that? And about their sexual relationships? Yes. Um, Preference and everything. I think the more we talk about it, the healthier it will become. Um, unfortunately, the how we talk about it right now is is jokes, is is um, looking at women as a, a a piece of meat instead of a person. So. Yes, I think we need to have more conversations, but I think we need to have more conversations in the right direction. So not just yes. talking about sex and being like, yeah, I totally banged her last weekend. No, no, no saying, yeah. saying like, hey, this is going on. Is this, do you, have you ever experienced this? Like, what's your opinion if I ask this? You know, and it's okay. And again, in a trusted friendship or relationship, having those conversations, asking the people who you know probably also have a healthy relationship. Those are good resources. Um, yeah. yeah, I really think we should have more conversations, especially younger. Um, the younger you talk to kids about this, the more healthy they'll be. Really? And that goes against the grain. No one believes that. How young but, do you think? Just so for anybody how, listening to this, this is not like something we ask you to do. It's just my question. Um, I'm asking her just to, yeah, how young yeah, do you think? Yeah, so when I say young, I'm talking about when they're in the home, like babies, let them see you kiss your spouse. Let them see you hug. Um, you know, talk about what's good touch, bad touch. Talk about healthy relationships. I'm not just talking about sex either. As they ask questions, they can know about sex, but you don't have to like, hey, day one, this is how sex is and this is what it's for because that's why people have been so traumatized yeah. or, um, or taken advantage of because no one else told them what it was because I, I grew up like um i think a little bit i grew up like in a strict like christian family like church every day like you know yeah. and i think i never nobody really like sit down with me talk me about all those things like never ever so 
I understand what you mean. I think it should be yeah. good actually to talk to your kids, and because the way school teach sometimes is is not the same. You can't expect school, um, public education, and even some private educations to give your kids a healthy sex education um, at all. And but you also shouldn't overwhelm your ch- child. And then since we are in such a transitional period where some people still aren't talking about it. And then some people are way more open about it. Um, you know, I found that my kids are sometimes their friends will ask them a lot of questions. And I told my kids, I'm like, you can say a few things, but that's not your responsibility either. You're not supposed to be an educator. Cause you could also, maybe you thought you heard it right. And it's actually, you gave someone in- incorrect information and now we're spreading more incorrect information, more shame, more secrecy. Um, and so just being like, oh, well, you know, I understand it as this, but you can ask a health teacher, you can ask, you know, a, a trusted adult about what this is, a parent or something, and then that's kind of it. So I think that's that's a hard thing <laughs> right now for my kids. Yeah. Um, talking about like um, insecurity, like when people feel insecure, there's one thing that crossed my mind when I was talking about porn, and I feel like maybe the image that actually people see and people might think because is it looks all perfect and that's how it should be, right? Do you think? Give me another example, like what you're asking. Like a movie, like when people watch a movie and they might see it because they're watching something in a movie, that means it should be that way. And the fact the body don't reflect what they see and they kind of feel insecure. Yeah. Um, that's a huge part of also our mission is just to kind of normalize normal bodies and normal people. Yeah. <laughs> um, because all we do see is the Hollywood portrayal and, you know, social media of people who've edited photos. Um, and I think, and that's really taken us far from where we should be, but You know, it's okay to also still be different and sexual. Does that make any sense? You know, normalizing those differences. And that's really what we've tried to do as well on the podcast is have different people on. And we've had someone on who um, she has oxygen. And, you know, we talked about what is sex like with somebody with a disability. And... You know, people with disabilities are still sexual. People, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. You know, and there's so a lot of people that curious. They want to know, like they're trying to <laughs> say people yeah. to get a turn and this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like how do you have sex if you're in a wheelchair? Kind of thing. It's it's a question people want to know. Um, and just because somebody's asking doesn't mean they're wrong either. To want yeah. to know and to understand. Um, yeah, I think the more we talk about it, the easier these conversations will be. Um, and being approachable if somebody brings it up and not being like, how dare you talk about that? Like, that's gross, you know, and being like, oh, well, I'm a little uncomfortable talking about it, but, you know, that's cool. So, like, as a a coach, like, you know, healthy coach, what is your view? Like, when you think about porn, like, what is your view in there? Do you think is, are you going to put it in, like, in a healthy part or in a, no way where you're going to destroy people born born yeah um that is a <laughs> category of porn as a whole 
I don't think is healthy. There's parts of it that can be um, ethically obtained, filmed, um, and distributed porn, I think is, can be completely healthy. Unfortunately, because it's been so demonized that people think if I'm already doing something wrong, I'm already watching it, or I'm already producing it, or I'm already part of it, what else is wrong? It, can you be even more wrong? There's this, this black line that's just really thickened, and it's added all these gray areas, and it's not okay. You know, you have underage people, people who are on drugs, people who have been um, trafficked in them, um, people who are addicted to watching it, to consuming it, and consuming inappropriate, you know, with children and things like that. That is so unhealthy. I think there are probably because of the way we've portrayed pornography to yeah. children and to younger adults, you know, it's like, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. They think it's all bad. So they don't, they can't differentiate what's healthy and what's good. And there are healthy parts of porn and it's totally fine. But most people have never had that conversation with somebody. There's not another trusted adult that's willing to have that conversation with, a, you know, somebody else, um, either whether it's a child or a young adult or whatever, saying this is unhealthy and this is okay because this is why. We're just so afraid to have that conversation at all. Um, but yes, I think there's parts of porn that can be healthy. What is, well, can you give me one example? Um, you know, in, so. In a relationship, I would say. Yeah. Um, watching it together um, can be a fun new activity that's still safe and you're still monogamous. Um, you're not a dirty, wrong person because you're watching a pornographic image or a movie. Um, but again, how do you understand, how do you know and draw the line? Has this been ethically produced? Are all the actors in it willing participants? Um, is it portraying, um, you know, younger people or girls or anything like that? And so it's really, um, again, you know, there's websites, there's places that you can go. I can't think of anything at any of the top of my head that only gives you ethically produced porn. Um, but just understanding that there's a different category you can be looking at just because there isn't just one website for it. Um, I'm not just a dirty person because I'm looking for it. If you're doing it behind a spouse's back. Yeah. Kinda, I don't think that's a healthy way. If it's like, Hey, you want to watch this and um, have it playing on the background while we're being intimate? Do you want to um, pleasure each other? while we're watching this uh do you want to learn a new position and watch this with me um or or maybe it's just you on your own and you're self-pleasuring totally fine too again if you're not in a relationship i think that those are very healthy ways to consume that media do you think it could kill it because the only danger is like sometimes if he's if he's so used to that like with the partner like it's gonna be like the the key to turn things on and without it if you like switch off um like if you're you have that expectation of this should be like this yeah but you should we, we should always have it as a starter like before anything you should always watch and you know like if you have to have it i would say yeah that could be an addiction and that could be unhealthy um but then again that's dependent upon the person and yeah 
and the couple and how they are with it. But I do think, yeah, if you have to have that, if that's something that it's like, you can't even perform without it, um, maybe kind of look at yourself and what's going on with you. Maybe reach out for some help or um, chat with a, a therapist or something about that. Good. I mean, that's really, I think we went around everything because I have like a lot of, I bet you was like, why are we not sticking to the same thing? Because I have a lot of questions that I wrote. I think we went through most of them. That was very, you know, and before we, there's anything else you want to add, like for people to mo- to know much about your goal and everything, any information that you, want, you actually want to give out? Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you're curious about more about our podcast, um, again, it's called Salty Sex Cast. Yeah. Um, we're on social media, but we're also uh, found on all major listening platforms. So Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, et cetera. Lots of them. Um, if you want to learn more about that, you can reach out to us also at saltysexcast at gmail.com. Um, again, if you have questions or um, ever have requests that we put on, a subject or something that you want us to talk about would be more than happy to because that's why we're here definitely yeah. i'll put all the link there for people that you want to join you guys i'll put all the i mean you send me like when you finish <laughs> make sure you send me all the links and i'll put all the details there as well i know and i see you struggling with the mic so yeah it was a mute. Yeah, <laughs> so good. oh dang i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the only thing i was going to say as well for, i think for if you talk about religious people, right? I know religious people, they can't have, I know like because you stay away from, from that side, you are more spiritual rather than being religious, right? So you do you still have that guilty feeling behind your head or it's all gone? Um, no, I have no guilt or shame yeah. anymore. Um, I know that I'm a good person and I know that I have, so much more to give besides being a member of a religion. And um, I think really what would help the most is because look around you, there's so many different religions. How do you really know if they're right or, you know, or all these things? It's um, if there was just like one church kind of thing, maybe I could see myself feeling guilty and have it like split and here's this side and here's that side. But really there's so many different beliefs and there's so many different ways to express yourself in so many ways that, um, you could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's, it's okay. Cause I can sleep at night. I know I'm, I'm happy with myself and what I give back to, you know, the people around me and, and the world, yeah. I guess. But I, I still believe that even religious people, they can still have that gray, op- I mean, not open, but like gray relationship. Right. Yeah. I mean, like so, I said, because I a lot wanna... of people, they are more frustrated, feel, oh, this is wrong, this is right. So how do you think, what can we do to actually make things a little bit more spicy or something like that, if I can put it that way? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess that would be your comfort zone too. You know, what are you comfortable with? I don't want to be like, because I live my life this way and because I'm like, yeah, go watch porn and do all this. It's great <laughs> that you should feel shameful because you don't do it <laughs> because of your beliefs. Um, you know, it's just, it's finding, uh, acting. I would say even almost every, from what I've seen in like, you know, if you look at sexuality and sexual, um, like books, like in that area, typically there's a religious one, you know, there's, you know, sexuality for Christians and sexuality for this and, and 
you know, maybe read some literature that talks more about your religion and being sexual too, because then that will be um, in your comfort zone and know that you feel still comfortable with that. Um, yeah, because I don't want to ever shame somebody because they want to be religious and also sexual. Because yeah. you can be both very, very easily. <laughs> yeah, but I think, uh, I mean, that's, that's true. I think as long as people are happy with whatever they're actually doing and... You, I mean, it's always important to, even in the Bible, sexuality is not, it's not something bad, but you just like saying things is bad because you want to add a lot of things like masturbation and porn and anything like that. But and then yeah. again, that's because you believe in something. For people who are not religious, that's another subject. That's what I believe. Yeah. So how do you feel right now if you're happy about everything before? I mean, as a person, since you're actually Being religious or not religious? Sorry. Yeah, just your question. life right now. I love my life right now. Um, I really feel like I can be such a great person and feel like I can still explore um, places that and things and subjects that I felt like I never could when I was following um, a strict religion uh, or a strict lifestyle, if you want to even say. Um, I think that's really also been made me be more accepting of other people and getting different viewpoints too. So, so the last question. So what is the most challenging? Cause I know you, for you guys do for what you guys doing, the podcast and everything is not like an easy, you know, like topics. Cause you, it's not just one topic. It's like the whole podcast yeah. is based on that. We so it's, like, it's very challenging. About- so what do you okay. get? What is the, one of the most challenging that you guys have or any scenario because i know sometimes you can't have a guest the fact you talk about things that are alarm people might get it twisted and be like oh you know what am i you know maybe give it a try or whatever so does it happen to you before or in general what, what is the biggest challenge that you guys have um you know i think our biggest challenge is is um getting the word out that we're a resource for you know sex sex education and adult sex education without coming off as scuzzy or pervy or, um, and people not taking us seriously. I think that's the biggest, one of our biggest uh, hurdles. (laughs) I think especially when people, when people see, I mean, when we see you is different because when people hear you guys, it sounds more like, oh, you know, uh, they just, you know, going crazy and everything, but people like it because the subject is good and people want to listen to it. That's, that's, I mean, that's when I was playing. That's, that's the idea that I have in my mind. And I think it's important for people also to go back to the picture, see the pictures, so they have something in their mind, you know. But at the same time, when we talk face-to-face and then you talk about the professional side, you know, what you want to learn and the diploma, the qualification, I think it's very important for you guys to bring it all the time because, you know, we live in a crazy society where people always, yeah. I understand why is it called challenging for you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, and and I am a lighthearted person. I don't take myself too seriously, even though I could very easily and be like, I have this degree and I know more than you, but um, because I want to be approachable. So we're really lighthearted on the recording and podcasts and we swear and we joke around and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I call it irreverence. <laughs> mm. I think it's, it's, it's good to be real. There's yeah. no point to, I don't like when people, you just got to be yourself at the same time. Oh yeah. And I'm very much an oddball person. So, (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for having you today. Do you have anything you want to ask me before we finish? 
No, I feel like we covered so many things. We probably still chat for forever, but um, I do yeah. have, I have to hop onto my podcast. I know, because I had a, like, that's what I wrote today. But, um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, I mean, to, to talk to you guys one day, maybe you and your friend, because I felt like this was very interesting. You know, I wish you like it. And if you want to, want me to come to one of your show don't mind as well we come i'm a personal trainer as well so we can always talk about fitness and people self-confidence Ooh. and everything like that i love talking about it so because my because my podcast name is better yourself so i think this is like a, a good subject for that that's right. awesome awesome yeah, so, thank you so much you well and yeah good luck for everything man i like the background with the you know podcast name and all the things in the back <laughs> thanks nice. all right thank you awesome. it's funny we have the same thing for the mic yeah <laughs> all right, i love all right. it all right see you later